And welcome to another episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. This is Tommy Fear. I know you're used to hearing Jumpin' Jay open the show, but Jumping Jay is on location this week. He was unable to make today's episode, but rest assured, I have a Rolex full of high rollers in there. And joining me on the line today as my co-host is none other than lover boy, Lee Petrie. Lee Welcome for you to your first time in 80s Wrestling, the podcast, man. How are you? You there? Good, man. What, Good. Wildfire, can, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Wildfire, Tommy Fierro. Good morning. <laughs> hey, man, thanks for coming on for such short notice. Uh, Jumpin' Jay is on location this week, unfortunately, unable to join us, but it's okay because... We have a big one today, and I'm very, very excited, and I'm very, very honored and flattered to uh, be able to talk to Mr. Mick McDonald from Connor's Cure. We're going to get him on in a minute. As we announced last week, we're going to be tag-teaming with Connor's Cure for our upcoming 80s Wrestling Con coming to you live on Saturday, May the 7th at the Menin Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. We're going to talk a lot about it in the upcoming weeks and months here on the podcast and on our social media platforms as well. But real briefly, just a, a quick story, Leah, how uh, we got hooked up with them. And for anyone that didn't listen to the episode a couple of weeks ago, I was the marketing director for the restaurant California Pizza Kitchen. And one of the big things California Pizza Kitchen did was help the local communities raise money and you know do fundraising and stuff like that. So it was something that they were really behind and something that I was very behind. I, I really, 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 the first thing I thought of when I got the, when I got the position was how can I, you know, uh, get Connor's cure involved. So I spoke to them and they were great and was really excited to do it. And they got WWE involved with us and WWE actually sent us Baron Corbin and Nikki cross for the fundraiser that we did for them. And we had a lot more uh, scheduled with them. Anytime that WWE was going to be in the area, they were going to, send talent to one of our restaurants and we were going to do another, you know, dine to donate type fundraiser for Connor's cure. And then the pandemic happened. And once the pandemic happened, you know, they all, their, their locations really didn't have outside dining capabilities because they're all in malls. And unfortunately they filed for chapter 11. And ultimately I, I lost my position there. I, they're doing much better now. Thank goodness. They're a wonderful company. And uh, I, I wanted to, figure out a way I can still work with Connor's Cure because it's an organization that I'm extremely, extremely um, invested in. And I really, really wanted to figure out a way how we can help them. And as you know, Lee, we have our 80s wrestling social media platform. And, you know, between Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and our various different 80s accounts, we have upward of over 750,000 followers, which is, is a lot of people, a lot of eyes uh, viewing, you know, these posts. So I, I thought a great way to be able to give back to that would be to make more awareness for Connor's Cure. And what we're going to do now, from now until May 7th, where our convention is going to be, every post that we do on our Instagram and Twitter page and Facebook page, we're going to have a link for our direct fundraiser for Connor's Cure on there where they can click the link and, and donate whatever they like if they can't make 80s Wrestling Con live in New Jersey on May the 7th. And even if you are coming, you can you know, still donate to Connor's Cure. So we're going to have the link 
to our fundraiser on our Instagram page and Twitter page bios from now until May the 7th. And again, like I said, we'll mention that in every post that they can donate to the, uh, the fundraiser. And I want to talk all about that and talk all about Connor's Cure. And without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Mr. Mick McDonald. Welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast, sir. How are you? Tommy, thanks so much for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Um, if, if I knew I needed a wrestling name, I would have came up with a, with a gimmick or something to, to come on and have maybe I'd be Marvelous Mick and have a magician gimmick or something. <laughs> I was going to go Magic Mick. You did the alliteration. Well done, sir. Now, now Mick, if, if you haven't – if you're wondering Lee Petrie is called Loverboy, if you saw him, man, woof, he's, he's a head-turner for the ladies, man. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a face for radio, sir. Thank you. <laughs> well, anyway, man, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We are extremely, extremely flattered and excited to be teaming up with you guys to help raise money for a, a very, very, very important cause. And I, I'm sure that I would say probably 95% of our listening audience right now knows about Connor's Cure. But for those out there that don't, please, can you uh, just give the backstory uh, on Connor's Cure and what it's all about? Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, Connor's Cure started and as a, as a you know, on my team at, at the V Foundation for Cancer Research, we're so excited just to, to, to throw it out there first. We're so lucky to partner with WWE uh, through Connor's Cure. I mean, as you all know, um, when WWE puts two feet forward on something, they really go all in on it. Um, we're, we're so lucky to be, be part of, the, of, of their team. But, you know, for, for those that don't know, Connor's Cure was, was started by um, by WWE when they had a, uh, a real super fan who was an eight-year-old young boy named Connor Michalik, um, who was, you know, unfortunately I, did, I never got to meet Connor, but was, you know, a superstar, as they would say. Um, he, Connor had a chance to meet a lot of, uh, of WWE superstars in that time and, and really hit it off with, with Stephanie McMahon um, and, and Paul Levesque, of course, a.k.a. Triple H. Um, but unfortunately, Connor had a, a, a medulla blastoma, which is a very aggressive form of, of pediatric brain cancer, and passed away. And uh, Stephanie and, and Paul wanted to do something to, um, to honor Connor, one, but two, to, to raise money to help fund uh, more research that could potentially help other kids. Um, so they started Connor's Cure, and they worked with the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, uh, it was a wonderful organization that does great work. But then in 2016, uh, WWE just wanted to expand Connor's Cure and try to make it a little bigger and fund more research. And that's when they, they brought us in with the V Foundation um, because that's what we do. We fund grants across the country, and we fund the best of the best. Um, we, we fund all types of grants, but, but through Connor's Cure, we focus on pediatric cancer. Um, and, and Connor's Cure has, you know, it's raised almost $3 million dollars um, you know, WWE through Connor's Cure has also helped 500 families around the world. Um, you know, you've seen it on TV in September on, in Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. Um, WWE is promoting Connor's Cure. The superstars are wearing their Connor's Cure merch and, and, and selling it for, for, for proceeds to, to go to Connor's Cure. And um, if you've never seen some of these kids' superstar reveals that, that WWE does, they have – um, kids who are currently battling cancer uh, dress up in their in their WWE superstar personas, and uh, they get to come out to entrance music and cut promos, and it's 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 really a cool experience to see these kids get to to do these kind of things. So, um, you know, at the V Foundation, we're just so lucky to be a part uh, of WWE and Connor's Cure. And uh, when when you know you get an arm like WWE with their marketing uh, and and their power of you know you guys know how passionate WWE fans are, of course. 
um, when they get behind something, uh, it, it can really make a difference. So we're just so lucky to be a part of it. That's great. The, uh, so the V Foundation, Jim Valvano, uh, former coach of the NC State uh, Wolfpack, uh, I'm old enough to uh, remember when they won the NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, but his reach is bigger than just NCAA basketball with, with the V Foundation. Um, walk, walk us through, you know, Jim Valdano's legacy as it is today. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you're a sports fan of a certain age, the 1983 championship team, um, I was a little too young for it. But, of course, I, 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 remember, I remember it well being a college basketball fan. Um, seeing all the highlights, but you know, it's it's one of the greatest. It might have even started the the whole Cinderella story that that goes with you know kind of synonymous with the NCAA tournament now. Uh, you know, him running around the court looking for uh, for our board member Derek Wittenberg, his star player, uh, to give a hug to is one of the most you know iconic images in sports. But then you know his legacy has gone so so far beyond that after after he was diagnosed with cancer and gave, in my opinion, um, I'm a little biased, but one of or if if not the best. Uh, most inspirational speech of all time. I'm sure everyone's seen at least bits or pieces of it, whether that's through, you know, our wonderful partners at ESPN who, who play it several times a year or just, you know, having someone show it to you. I think, um, you know, the, the, the things that Jim touched on in, the, in that speech sort of made him an icon j- just at that moment. And then to then have started the V Foundation, which is, you know, we've now raised nearly $290 million for cancer research since he started it back in 1993. Um, that's become his legacy. And, um, you know, I think, I think yeah, I, in my role at the V Foundation, I get to talk to a lot of uh, cancer patients or, or people who've lost someone to cancer. And, to, you know, every, almost every person tells me when they were sick or they were feeling like they needed a boost, they put on Jim's speech. And I think that, that's, that's what his legacy will be. That's powerful. Uh, back to Connor's Cure. Opened up in Pittsburgh 2014. Uh, but the reach is much bigger than the Pittsburgh area, especially with uh, what you're doing with w, uh, in concert with WWE, along with the V Foundation. Walk us through uh, the reach uh, beyond Pittsburgh for Connor's Cure. Yeah, and I think that's part of why uh, WWE wanted to, to partner with the V Foundation is, is, you know, making grants across the country is what we do. I mean, we fundraise and, and we have events and we do all that stuff, but that, that is all to our end goal of uh, raising the most money we can and then funding the best research we can. And we have a very specific process of how we go about funding research. We have um, a scientific advisory board that is made up of some of the biggest names in science and some of the brightest minds in science. And we take submissions from all the the NIH-designated cancer centers, so the the biggest and best cancer centers across the country. Um, they They take their best grants, and then they send them to us, and we decide which are the best of the best. So... Um, it, it's a very uh, strenuous process to, to determine, um, you know, wh- what work we want to fund. And, um, you know, by WWE coming to us, you know, they, they are the, the masters at, at, at marketing and awareness and, and getting eyeballs on something, and that's what they've done with Connor's Cure. So then when Connor's Cure raises the money, um, that comes to us, and then we do what we do best, which is finding the absolute best research to fund all across the country. That's great. And so, that's, you know, that's, that's really we all – yeah, we all have we all have charities that are near and dear to us. I think I think it's uh, fair to say that anything supporting pediatric, pediatric cancer is uh, uh, one of the one of the top ones on most people's list. It, it, it's such a challenge to see uh, young people go through what they go through. Um, I, I have a charity down here in the local Washington D.C. area that I'm very close to as well, uh, and I know how they help help how they directly help families and children. So in addition to research, 
What does uh, Connor Secure actually provide to families from a support perspective? Yeah, so I mentioned the, the kid superstar reveals that, that WWE does. And let me tell you, I, was, I, I got a chance to attend uh, one of these events. They had it at, uh, in New York before WrestleMania. I believe it would have been in 2019. Um, it was the year, the year Kofi won the title. I remember that. Um, but they had an event <laughs> where they had, they had uh, cancer patients from the area uh, come out to the event, uh, WrestleMania weekend, and it was unbelievable. They had, they had um, several superstars there. They had um, the kids all got to dress up in their in their wrestling outfits. They had entrance music. They got to come out and and uh, and you know hang out with some of the superstars. You know, at the time, um, Daniel Bryan was there. Who who you know he was the bad guy at the time. So all the kids got to quote unquote beat up Daniel Bryan, which he was so game for, and it was so cool. Uh, and they just they had an unbelievable experience. And to to see you know these kids who are, who are going through something that God, you hope no kid ever has to go through. And as a parent, you you can't even imagine if you know your kids had to go through it. For them to get this experience, to to do something that they loved and and really be a part of something, um, is very cool. Um, WWE also visits hospitals across the country. Um, that's been more difficult in the last couple of years, as we all know, um, yeah, with, with COVID. Yep. But um, WWE's been so uh, you know they don't let that stop them. As you know, if you watch WWE programming, man, they have you know they're going to keep going. They have. They had the, what the, the Thunderdome, right? So they keep their shows going, and they did uh, virtual visits with hospitals. To, they were committed to, to making sure you know they could do what they can for these kids, even in a, a very tough time. So, um, you know, that's that's what WWE does is they they make experiences, and um, like I said, as a member of the V Foundation team, to be able to just be a small small part of, of what WWE and Connor's Cure do, uh, it, it's truly amazing to see. Yeah, if you're at one of these events and you see the smiles on these kids' faces, it is unbelievable. Yeah, and I and I I'm sure Tommy's going to put the all the links up uh, on the various social media pages with uh, not only the WWE produced Connor's Cure YouTube video, but some of these entrances, this, this kind of thing. It's it if it doesn't give you chills and doesn't bring a smile to your face, then we need to have a conversation. But um, so. Connor's Cure raises funds a whole bunch of different ways. You've got the Ultimate House. You have your telethons. You actually have a golf outing. There's nothing better than a golf outing to support a charity, by the way. Uh, and then, you know, lastly, bringing it home to WrestleCon. So what we're doing uh, to uh, help support um, Connor's Cure at WrestleCon. Walk us through that. Maybe, Tommy, you want to jump in on that piece of the puzzle? Absolutely. Well, the, 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 main, the main form of, of the fundraiser will be through our social media platforms. Like I said, every, every post – over the next two months uh, is going to be, you know, having the link for Connor's Cure and how to donate. And, you know, we're, we're hopeful to get a bunch of different interviews from uh, not only the 80s wrestling con guests that we have coming up, but uh, throughout people within the industry uh, to, to help support this fundraiser. And then, you know, the day of the event, you know, a, a, a portion of the ticket sales and autographs will be no, donated to Connor's Cure as well. So, I mean, we, we, you know, we have two months here, to really, really push hard and make a difference. And I know just by the numbers I see on our social media platform, you know, how many views our posts are getting and how many, you know, hits the different um, social media platforms are getting weekly. So uh, there's a lot of eyes on it. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that within the next two months, you know, all eyes will be on this, this fundraiser and people can, you know, support it and be a part of it. Now, if I known previous to this phone call that, that Mick wanted a nickname, I easily could have called him the Magnificent Mick and uh, had him a part of 80s Wrestling Con Live because, Lee, there's some money in a Magnificent Mick versus Loverboy Lee match, especially if it's going for charity. 
But uh, we, we have a caller on hold. I want to get over to Mick. He's one of our regulars, goes to all of our events. His name is Danny from Butler. Now, Danny, I'm sure this is going to be a, a very, 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 very um, important cause for him, and I know it is because he has, a, he has a child that's pretty much the same age that Connor was. Uh, Danny, welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast, man. Hey, uh, Tommy, uh, great, great morning. Um, uh, glad to call. You know, this is a, you know, perfect uh, platform. Uh, you know, I'd li- like to thank, uh, you know, Mr. McDonald also for uh, coming on board, uh, you know, to, you know, explain, uh, you know, what uh, Connor's, Connor's Cure is all about. I, I commend him greatly. Um, definitely, um, you know, I remember the whole story um, with uh, Connor. You know, I think, you know, it actually – went back, to, I guess, to 2013 and then culminated, I believe, I believe it was WrestleMania 30 at, uh, at the Superdome, Superdome with uh, Daniel Bryan when he won the title. And, you know, pretty much yeah, everything, you know, it, it, it snowballed from there and, you know, to where we are now. You know, it's unfortunately that, you know, he, uh, he passed and everything. But, you know, just looking at that little boy, um, knowing that I have two, uh, you know, two sons of my own, one that's uh, pretty much almost his age, you know, it, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's humbling it's also inspiring to, um, you know, see, the, you know, the little, the, the joy of the, that that kid had when he was around the superstars, uh, how, you know, he interacted with them, you know, and then, you know, when they bring up, you know, all these other kids who are, you know, throughout the, the time when they do their own little promos, you know, the, you know, this, the little glimmer of hope that these kids have going through their darkest time and, you know, especially with their families, not knowing what the future holds. And then, you know, for, you know, for these, you know, Connor's Cure, uh, the V, uh, Jimmy Valvano, um, a- another uh, foundation that I have tremendous respect for. You know, I remember uh, as 12 years old, I was the, the SPs in 1993 when he made it, one of the most uh, inspirational speeches. I, you know, I remember watching. I was 12. And, you know, to, that, to this day, that speech still resonates with, uh, you know, throughout the sports world. Um, you know, there's, there's always something that can pick you up. And, you know, that's a perfect example of, you know, being down, then, you know, putting things in perspective and, you know, just listening to that speech uh, could, you know, make a world of difference. So, like I said, I just wanted to commend you guys. You know, Tommy, I know, you know, you know, you, you do this for a living, but, you know, for you to go out of your way and, and, and you know, to also promote this, uh, knowing that you had such a relationship with them at your days at California Pizza Kitchen, I commend you on this. You know, you're doing a tremendous job, and it's something that I, I definitely support. Thank you so much. And, uh, and and just so you know, you think Magnificent Mick's a good name for him, or would you pick something else for him? Magnificent Mick, we could run with that. Because I'm telling you, there's, there's something, just Mick McDonald has a cool ring to it, you know? Yeah, Mick McDonald feels like a like an already gimmick name, right? Like like they they gave that to me when I showed up at the performance center or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, like, no. I, I I think I don't I think you can go either way. Uh, I I like a magnificent Mick though. Well, Danny, I, I appreciate the support, man. Thank you so much. And I know uh, <laughs> as a dad myself, I'm, I'm with you. It's uh it inspires us to, to work hard and. and uh, you know, raise as much money as we can so, so we can keep working on new treatments and, and new ways to, to get through cancer and make, make more kids uh, be able to, to grow up, man. That's, that's what we're here to do. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, you guys, uh, you know, it's, it's a tremendous uh, organization. You guys uh, keep up the good work, Tommy. Uh, likewise, you, you know, keep up uh, the, the great work uh, day in and day out. And I always look forward 
to seeing you and uh, seeing you and speaking with you. All right, man. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Uh, you too. Take care. So I, w- I want to real quickly before we get back into Connor's cure. I, when I was talking to Mick before we went on the air. Mick was actually a wrestling fan uh, back in the mid-90s, big wrestling fan. I wanted to ask you, Mick, how did you get involved in, in, in watching wrestling, and more importantly, now what you're doing and knowing what a huge impact that uh, Connors Curis had on the professional wrestling world, how great is it for you, and how re- more importantly, how rewarding is it for you to be able to be a part of something so special? Yeah, it's 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 really cool uh, to answer your second question first. Um, I've gotten to have a lot of cool experiences uh, as, as part of the V Foundation team working with WWE. Um, I, I host our V Foundation podcast. Uh, quick plug: it's the Voices for Victory podcast. You can search for it anywhere you listen. Go go check it out. We interview cancer survivors, people who are doing great work for cancer research. I've I've been able to have the Miz on. I've had Kofi Kingston on, um, and it's just these guys' commitment to Connor's Cure and to, to fundraising is just unbelievable. They, they do such a great job. I actually, uh, we had an event in New York a couple of years ago, and I got to uh, hang out with Kofi and Big E at a Mets game, do some social media stuff with them, and they're just the coolest dudes ever. So um, that's been very cool. And in terms of um, being a wrestling fan, yeah, man, you know, I was, I was 12 years old in 1998. So, like, what, what 12-year-old kid in 98 wasn't into wrestling, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, I remember even before that, I, I, we, I wasn't watching, like, every night, but, you know, anytime my parents would go out, me and my brother, you know, we go to Blockbuster and rent a, an old wrestling pay-per-view on VHS, which is a very old-fashioned thing to say. Um, but, you know, I, rem- like, I remember watching a, video, like a VHS tape of WrestleMania 9, you know, when I was like 10 years old and being like, man, Hulk Hogan's a jerk. Why did he steal Bret Hart's chance at the championship? I thought he was such a, <laughs> such a jerk for doing that. But, yeah, no, I mean, you know, 1998, I'm 12 years old, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock and – the NWO and I, 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 Tommy, I told you this before we came on, but uh, in, in December of '98, I went to Starcade in in DC, and, and I grew up in Northern Virginia, and uh, we watched Goldberg lose his first match with Scott Hall with the cattle prod, and yeah, man, I was, I was absolutely into it in 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 the late '90s and in mid '90s there, just growing up, and you know, I think that was that was a time when every 12 year old kid was was obsessed, right? What? Yeah, absolutely. What was the reaction? not only for the crowd, but for you, when you saw that happen with, with Goldberg going down with, with that and how it, how it all went down? Well, it's funny because I, myself and my, my younger brother, who's about a year and a half younger than me, um, we were all about the NWA Wolfpack, right? We thought they were the coolest thing in the world, <laughs> which is so funny looking back on it. But, but oh, yeah, we, I, we were rooting for Kevin Nash. Like, we wanted him to win. And, you know, when you're there in person, especially at a big, you know, it was at what is, I guess, now the Capital One Center. I think it had just Capital opened the new arena yep. downtown. Um, but, you know, we had, like, pretty decent seats. Um, we, we were very lucky. My dad worked for a beer distributor and got, you know, sports tickets and concert tickets and all sorts of pretty good seats. But not, like, close enough where you can really know what's going on. So I remember, like, seeing, like, someone in the yellow security thing jump up on the on the thing and, and hit Goldberg with something, but like I couldn't tell it was Scott Hall, and you know like it happens and Nash hits him with the power bomb and wins, and we're like, oh cool, Nash won. Like I, I think I probably didn't even know because like I don't the internet wasn't even really a, that, a thing that much at that point, so I probably didn't even know until like the next night, you know, on uh, Nitro when they were like, oh Scott Hall did this, and I was like, oh yeah, I was there, and I didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that's now... funny. I, I 
Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I'm a Northern Virginia boy as well, spent, and um, obviously a little older than you, spent plenty of time either at the Cap Center in Landover, uh, seeing uh, actually old NWA matches. WWF was a, uh, that, that was their biggest arena down south. They didn't come quite to Richmond quite back then, but uh, I actually went to Starcade 97, the first one at the old MCI arena, mm-hmm. or the MCI Center, uh, staying at Hogan, uh, and, and, and on my way, I was in California, Flew back just to see Starcade, and Sting was on my flight, my U.S. Air flight from L.A., oh, wow. and we actually landed, we landed in Baltimore. And I distinctly remember going up to him uh, when we were getting off the plane, and I asked him the question, "Hey, any any uh, any hints on what's going to go down, you know, tomorrow night?" And he said, "You have you have no idea." Like he he, was, <laughs> he, he, he knew what he knew what the plan was even back then with where they were going to go with all that stuff. That was great. So uh, so you know being. Um, you know, it's 98, you know, that time frame probably sparked a lot of, uh, you know, old fans probably brought them back just because of the competition between the two, the two big guns. And of course, ECW running underneath all that stuff had its own, had its own world going on as well. Uh, how, how has, you know, your, your wrestling fandom brought you to the things in the V foundation? I always, uh, Tommy and I were talking the other day about the uh, wrestling comes up to me uh, almost every conversation I can have. I can have it at work. I can have it at the gym, I can have it, you know, with my friends at the bar. Uh, how, how has wrestling sparked conversation for you and, and, and had you enabled you to help with the V Foundation and stuff with Connor's Cure and open doors that maybe you didn't think you'd actually open? Sure, yeah, no, and, and it's funny, you know, after sort of that time frame we talked about, you know, I got a little older and kind of drifted away uh, from it, but after college, I actually got a job in Baltimore working for the Orioles, and I had a couple of coworkers there who were, you know, diehard. And mm-hmm. I started, we started doing, you know, Royal Rumble get-togethers and, and pools and all that fun stuff, and that kind of got me back into it. And I would say since then I've been kind of a casual fan. You know, I kind of know what's going on, even if I'm not watching every week. But um, just having that knowledge of what's going on, you know, anytime there's a conversation of, all right, we're going to do something with WWE or Connor's Curie, I'll have coworkers say, hey, let me run this by you. What do you think? Just because they know I kind of have, a, have an idea of what's going on. And it, it's funny when, uh, when my colleague Andrew, uh, Tommy, I think he was talking to you about having somebody on, he was like, I got the guy for you. So, yeah, and it, you know, it's, it, it just, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a sports guy. You know, I love sports across, across the border, but um, you know, I'm a baseball guy, college, college basketball, football, all of it. But um, I, I think sort of just having that general background allows you to come up with some, some maybe some outside-the-box ideas or some ways to kind of talk the language. Um, you know, as you guys know, WWE has such a, such a, a, a verbiage, a specific vocabulary of the way people like to talk about things, right? So I think sure. having some of that background, just it, it, it makes it easier to communicate with the fans. And and we're so lucky to, to have a number of different events and groups who support Connor's Cure. Um, and, you know, they're so passionate and they're so, they, they love WWE and they are very passionate about raising money for Connor's Cure. So for us to be able to kind of talk their language and, and you know, understand, you know, where they're coming from, I think is really important. Absolutely. And you mentioned that you worked with The Miz and Kofi Kingston, both obviously been around in WWE forever, both fantastic main event talents. Any, any other dealings with anyone directly since, since you've been on board with Connor's Cure? Those are the big ones because um, Miz and Kofi both separately came on, on our podcast, and I got a chance to meet uh, Biggie, who was great. Uh, Mandy Rose was also at that event. 
in New York that I had with Biggie and Kofi. I didn't get to, to deal as much with Mandy, but she was super nice. Just like that, that's the one thing is always funny to me too. And, and actually I will say too, um, Stephanie McMahon is so invested in Connor's cure and she, oh, is, yeah. you know, she, she, yeah. she's the, you know, the engine that makes Connor's cure go because this is something that she's so passionate about. She, you know, ha- she takes the time to like, I, like I know a couple of years ago, she just called, she, uh, she called our, our former CEO um, and she would just be like, Hey, Susan, I want to go meet a couple of researchers that we funded and just talk to them about the work they're doing. Like who does that? You know, she's just so yeah. into it and so invested. We, we did a, um, she came to one of our events a couple of years ago and we did a Facebook live with her and one, she was just wonderful to work with. She was so fantastic. And two, the, the amount of, uh, you know, fan engagement because Stephanie was on our, you know, on our dark lives, like the, the fans of WWE, just, they are so passionate that if you get them involved in anything, they're going to go, you know, just go crazy to support it. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, Triple H, any yeah, any I was, dealings with Triple H? I haven't personally uh, been, dealt, dealt with Triple H at all. Uh, you know, obviously he has, he has a ton going on and I know he's a big supporter of Connor's cure. Um, we haven't had him specifically at anything. We've dealt more with Stephanie um, but yeah, no, and I, I know he, he had some, has had some health issues recently too. So, so I hope that he's doing okay. Um, but I know that, uh, uh, yeah, I know that this is something that, you know, he, he and Stephanie have been kind of the brainchild of since it was first created. So I know how invested they, they both are in it. Yeah, I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to be in New Orleans for WrestleMania 30. Uh, in addition to, um, you know, the, the, the pop that Daniel Bryan received for finally getting the gold. Um, and vanquishing all the bad guys at the, the three-way match at the end. Um, it was interesting to watch. I think we, even at that point, had a little bit of background on Connor, um, uh, and then to watch Daniel Bryan's reaction to him at the end of that match, even from sitting where I was sitting, and then going back and watching the, uh, the film a little bit later on. It's a very, very emotional, uh, the connection that you know, some of these stars have with uh, um, you know, with with boys like Connor or other kids that are in, in challenging spots. So, uh, again, kudos to to the work that y'all are doing and the smiles that you put on faces. Yeah, and, and that's that's uh, that's all WWE. We're we're lucky to be a part of it, but you know they uh, they have the the, the personalities of, of the people involved are, and it's it, it's funny too. You know, when when you grow up watching as a kid, you see you know you see Stephanie on TV, and you're like, oh. Oh, I don't want to deal with her, but you know, of course you grow up and realize she's playing a character, right? And she just couldn't be more wonderful, you know, off, off camera. Um, and I think that's, that's something that is, uh, it, it's kind of fun to see um, when you, when you get a chance to meet folks or, or see kind of all the work they do behind the scenes. Um, it, it's been, it's been fun, right. To see them go play a, when, when, uh, when we went to the event before WrestleMania and, and I mentioned um, when Daniel Bryan was, was dealing with all the kids, he was, you know, he kind of let the kids beat him up a little bit because he was a bad guy, but he was wonderful. And then you turn on the TV and he's, you know, yelling at the fans and doing all of it, all of his stick. So it is, it is funny to see them kind of turn the switch on and off, which I, I think is pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and for you, it has, it has to be really cool and rewarding. You know, like you just said, you, you grew up in the nineties as a, as a gigantic wrestling fan. I mean, and Stephanie was, I mean, she was right in the, right in the center of it at that, at that time. How cool is it now? all these years later to be working on something that's, you know, so rewarding with someone that you grew up watching as a kid. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's, I think anytime you get to do something with, with someone you, you've either, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, 
some, someone who's been on TV and, uh, like, like Stephanie was or, or a pro athlete that you watch play or, um, you know, a, 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 a celebrity of any sort, it, it's cool, right? Like, you, you, especially for me, in, when I was growing up there too, you know, she wasn't that much older than me, you know, a handful of years older than me. And she just played, uh, you know, that villainous character so well, you know, I mean, uh, clearly uh, her, her dad taught her well on how to play the, the, the villain on TV, right? I mean, was there ever a better villain than, than men? Um, but yeah, no, I think to, to get a chance to, to think back when you're a kid and say, man, I, I watched this person on TV and I was yelling at my TV because they were being so mean to my favorite person or whatever. And then to get a chance to see them really, you know, become the, the, the driving force of such a wonderful, uh, you know, initiative uh, with Connor's Cure and, and us at the V Foundation, we've since since we kind of got brought on board in, in 2016, and, and that's right when I started with the V Foundation too. So I've kind of I've kind of seen it grow and 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 seen how how Connor's Cures continue to to raise more money and, and more awareness. And you know I, I I look forward to to down the road and continuing to 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 grow our partnership further and and raise more money to help more kids. That's that's what we want to do. Absolutely. And real, and real quickly, before we let you go, I, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about, and, and Lee, please uh, give me your opinion on this too. You think about the history of WrestleMania and the biggest moments of WrestleMania. Uh, and you obviously think of Hulk Hogan when he, when he body slammed Andre the Giant. You think sure. about when the Macho Man Randy Savage won the world title at WrestleMania 4. You think about, you know, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania 6, those big, iconic WrestleMania moments. And as you're going up that ladder from 6 to 7, 8, and you're, and you're working your way up more currently, without question, one of the biggest moments in WrestleMania history, visuals, is when Daniel Bryan wins that title at WrestleMania 30, goes out of the ring, goes to the front row, and goes by Connor and says, you helped me tonight. Thank you very much. You're the man. I mean, it, that moment will go down forever in the history of wrestling as one of the greatest moments ever. What do you think about that, Lee? You, you know what? I got uh, I got goosebumps just having you walk through that. That's me exactly too, right. Lee. I mean, me you, too. You, you know, you, now, now, truth be told, that's the same day that Taker Streak ends by Brock Lesnar, right? And yeah. so you they brought that crowd back around with that finish, and then the emotion tied to – uh, that young man under that circumstance and Daniel Bryant, there was not how many, how many 70 some odd thousand people in the, in the Superdome that day. Oh, at, at least. Um, and the only, and the only person that Daniel Bryant was focused on was that young man was, was Connor. That's it. Everybody else was shut out. It was those two having that, having that moment. And yeah, I got goosebumps right now. Absolutely. That'll go down in my opinion is one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time. And, and, and again, I'm so, we're, we're so uh, flattered and honored to be able to, to help you guys, even in a, a very small way, Mick. And, and, and now that I know you're the magnificent one, we're going to have to get you a little bit more involved, my man, because you got, you got some charisma on you. You got some personality on you. I, I kind of dig in your swag, man. Uh, I yeah, see a ring no, jacket. Uh, I see a ring jacket. I'm ready to go here. Let's, build, let's get to the <laughs> Yeah, let, let's do it, man. I'll uh, I'll come and cut some promos anytime you need me to. <laughs> all, all kidding aside, though, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join us on 80s Wrestling, the podcast today. Thank you so much for allowing us to, to help you guys raise, you know, a little bit of extra additional funds over the next couple months. And, again, anyone out there that would like to support our fundraiser for Connor's Cure, 
please go to our Instagram page. It's 80s Wrestling, 80s Wrestling. The link is right on the bio. Same thing with our Twitter page. It's 80s Wrestling underscore. Again, the link right in the bio so you can donate to Connor's Care directly. Nick, anything you'd like to say to the listeners out there listening? Yeah, just first of all, Tommy, Tommy and Lee, thanks for having me on. Tommy, appreciate everything that y'all are doing. Um, you know, it, we have a number of groups who, who come together and create events like this to raise money for, for Connor Skira and, and the V Foundation as a whole. And we're just, you know, we could not do what we do without the support of, of so many people. And, and I want people to know that, you know, whether you make a, a $1 donation, a $5 donation, a $100 donation, it all adds up. Um, to, to, to really important research that, that's saving lives. And just a couple of things I, I hope people to check out. I know you have your social as well. We love, uh, you know, you, you, they can follow us at the V Foundation um, across all social media channels just to see what we have going on and all the work that we're doing and all the research that we're funding. Um, if they want more info about how Connor's here and the V Foundation work together too, they can go to v.org slash Connor. Um, just to, it, it's all of sorts of information about how Connor's here and the V Foundation continue to work together to raise more money too. Um, I mentioned our Voices for Victory podcast. Uh, search for Voices for Victory anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, but that's where you can find the interview I did with The Miz, with Kofi Kingston, and, and we have a number of guests on uh, to talk about how, how they're working together to, to try to put an end to cancer. And the last thing I'll say, too, is uh, as actually today, guys, on, on March 10th, we're actually having our V Foundation Giving Day, and uh, all funds raised today will go to benefit pediatric cancer research, just like Connor Spear does. Um, and we've, we've got a, a donor who's putting up a $100,000 match. So all donations up to $100,000 today to the V Foundation uh, will be matched and all go to pediatric cancer research. So uh, if someone's sitting around and, and wants to jump in and say, hey, man, if I, if I get $10 today, it's going to really count for 20 um, they can go to v.org slash giving day uh, and, and be a part of that as well. So um, thank, I want to thank you guys again uh, for having me on. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always – I always love to talk, talk Connor's Cure because it's, it's two things I, I love talking about, you know, ra- raising money to help support great cancer research and then uh, having some fun uh, uh, talking some WWE with you guys. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, All sir. right. Thank you. What a great, great, great conversation that was, Lee. Uh, what a what a really, really, really important cause. I'm so, again, I, I, I can't stress enough how just humbled and flattered I am that, you know, we're, we're able to partner up with them and, and help them raise some money. Again, uh, the road to 80s WrestlingCon Live on May the 7th. Be sure to look for all our posts on Instagram and Twitter. We will be... Uh, We'll have the we'll have the link on the on the bio from now till then, uh, and anytime you like to, and, and like you said, if it's a dollar, it's ten dollars, twenty dollars, all adds up. And uh, again, you can find that link on our social media. We have a caller on hold, uh, lover boy Lee. Let's get him on and see what we're talking. So we we'll have a little wrestling talk here. Welcome to Eighties Wrestling, the podcast. You're on with. Tommy, and for one week only, the lover boy, Lee P. Who's this? Hey, this is Brian out in Chico, and uh, a little late to the party today, but uh, good morning, uh, lover boy, Lee. Good morning, Wildfire, Tommy Fierro. Hey, my main man. He's one, Lee, this is one of our regulars, man, so if, if, he, if he knows your gimmick name already, it's a good thing. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a pretty good gimmick. Pretty good gimmick. And then, uh, so, and it sounds like... Uh, uh, 
boy, Mick, uh, Mick is a heck of a guy out there, and I, I wish I'd gotten to get on and thank him for the work he's doing uh, for Connor's Cure. And, and thank you both for uh, the show today. I got a couple nieces that are uh, five and three, and I can't imagine if anything, uh, if something like that happened and we and we had to worry about them. So, you know, Lord, uh, Lord knows that would be the worst thing in the world, and and all the parents out there and and families that deal with 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 the kids and and, and illness. That's uh, can't imagine anything worse. So, thanks yeah, so much I, for uh, helping this cause. Oh man, you kidding me? Like I said, watching WrestleMania uh, 35, uh, 30 and that ending with Daniel Bryan and, and, and him going to Connor at the end. What was it like for you, Brian? You're sitting at home uh, watching this. What, what a special moment! I, like, and I said earlier, I, I think it, I think it, you, you could put it up there with one of the biggest moments in WrestleMania history. Definitely, that was uh, that was kind of right when I was getting back into wrestling. So. Uh, you know that was also the year that Ultimate Warrior uh, came back and uh, and ended up passing on you know basically right after WrestleMania. So that was a memorable year for sure in the history of wrestling. And uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, what a what a great guy to to make those last uh, you know, wrestling fandom moments for Connor special. Absolutely. So Brian, what's going on, man? No, no jumping Jay today. He's uh, he's on location today. So uh, I, I'm trying to get Lee back on right now. I, I actually I'm I'm working the switchboard today, and I have no, absolutely no idea what I'm doing. And I and I hung up on uh, Lee instead of uh, our, our 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 previous guest. So uh, it's me and you right now, Brian. You're the you're the co-host with me for the next couple of minutes. So I figure out what the heck I'm doing. Oh no problem. I, I was going to ask you uh, how your uh, table read went with uh, uh, with Jeremiah James with the uh, with the uh, the play that you guys got coming up. Oh the man! Musical. Thank you for asking. It was awesome. It was this past Saturday night uh, in uh, in pretty much in Times Square. It was a, a, a studio, and man, it, let me tell you something. I, when I was going there, I wasn't expecting. To uh, I wasn't expecting to. They, I mean, they 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 played the music on it, and they 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 performed it. I thought it was just they were just going to read it. So I, I got a chance to to uh, see all the actors perform and hear the music, and man, it was absolutely amazing. And I I can't give too much away yet, but I will say this: that it is going to be a major major hit with with wrestling fans, no question about it. And and guess what, Brian? I got I got Loverboy Lee back on. I figured out how to get it back on. Sorry, Lee. I was just telling him I'm running the switchboard today. And I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I figured it yeah, out, good, though. Good, good to talk to you for the first time, Loverboy Lee. We were just talking about uh, uh, Tommy went to a table read and got to, to hear the uh, the musical and bits and pieces of that for the first time that he's got coming up with Jeremiah James. And so uh, – uh, I'm sure he was a little out of his element, and he probably had goosebumps seeing what was going on. So uh, he can't give too much away, but uh, but that's some exciting, uh, another exciting project for Tommy Fierro. Thank you so much, man. Now, now listen to this, Brian. Now, Loverboy Lee is more of an NWA guy than a, a WWE guy. I know that me and you were WWE guys. Were you, were you an NWA fan as well growing up? You know, I was always looking at it on pro. 
scanning the TV guides uh, on the wee mornings, uh, morning hours, because every once in a while in Northern California, we would get an NWA hour somehow that they filled in, and, and it was so rare. So we would get some, uh, back in 86, 87, we'd get some UWF, which was Mid-South before that, and uh, got to see One Man Gang when he was champ, and and uh, Steve Williams, and and a little bit of the and Big Boss Man uh, back when he was Big Bubba Rogers. So uh, I kept an eye on it, and when I you know became a fan in '86, uh, it was right after WrestleMania II. But uh, I started buying the uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated in the fall of '86, and that's when my world kind of exploded and found out about NWA and, and always wondered why the uh, the writers at uh, at PWI, Person Illustrated, why they uh, gravitated more towards that product. But always always interested looking at Flair and then Luger on the scene. And, and so I can understand definitely the, the pull if you were back east and got to actually watch that stuff on a regular basis. So you're the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I, I bet you know the answer to this. What was the very first? Who was on the cover of the first Pro Wrestling Illustrated you bought? Uh, oh, so the first one I got had uh, it was uh, Great Scott, Rowdy Roddy Piper turns good, and so uh, I was a huge uh, Piper fan, and and basically he came back on the the last episode of uh, Championship Wrestling and uh, beat up AJ Petruzzi, stuck one hand in the in the back of his trunks and beat him up with one hand behind his back most of the match. And then he came out and interrupted Slick and uh, Adrian Adonis. Slick had uh, Hercules, Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, and Blassie was there. It's when the transition was going on then. And insulted Slick and and uh, kind of started the feud right then and there. So I was all in on, on Piper as a good guy. He'd been away filming Body Slam after WrestleMania two for a while. And which another favorite uh, movie of mine, but uh, yeah, first Pro Wrestling Illustrated January 1987 issue, which they came out probably three or four months before that, the month. So it was probably October 87 yep. that I got that one. And the very next one was that UWF $50,000 uh, yep. PWI tournament challenge. So, so yeah, great, great. I've got every episode or issue from right around then till. About 92 is when I kind of started fading away from, from wrestling fandom for a while when I was uh, working, playing sports in high school and getting more into other things. So. Yeah, well, How about you, you Lee? I'm sure as an NW gonna, fan, was, you, you probably <laughs> – yeah, go ahead. Well, like I said, you, you might know a guy that uh, has access to some of the older magazines. I know I've, I've taken advantage of some of that. Um, so the first <laughs> PWI I ever owned was – uh, Wendy Richter on the cover, um, and it was in '86, uh, and it was actually the centerfold was Flair with the NWA title. Nice, nice, nice. Yep. Yeah, I was I was going to guess it would have been '85, but '86 uh, makes sense also. But I know Wendy was yeah. uh, was huge, almost on a level with Hulk right around uh, the first rest. They uh, they presented it as such. I, I wasn't watching as much then, or at all, really then. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, I was, I, 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 was yeah, I, lived, I was lucky, guys. When I when I was actually a kid, and and, and I would collect, I collect all the magazines as well. But there was this, believe it or not, a girl that lived in my neighborhood. And, and back then, you guys remember this, Lee? You remember, and so do you, Brian. 
there were so many different magazines back then. There was Pro Wrestling Illustrated, The Wrestler, you know, Inside Wrestling, Wrestling World, Wrestling Eye. I mean, there, there was probably 15 to 20 different wrestling magazines on the newsstands mm-hmm. at the time. And this, for, I got lucky, guys. For some reason, when I was a kid, there was a girl that lived in my neighborhood that had, like, hundreds of them, hundreds of them. And when she was done reading them, for some reason, she took a liking to me. And she would always give me her wrestling magazines when she was done with them. So I literally had free, hundreds of free magazines when I was a kid. But I, I was asked ask both of you guys, and I'll answer mine first, and I'll, I'll give it to you guys. What was your favorite magazine growing up in the 80s as a kid? For me, it, I'm, I'm a WWF guy. So for me, it was the old WWF magazines. And, and even to this day, I love when they come into my store, the Wrestling Collector, the ones from like 1985 to 1992, those classic covers. But uh, that, that's my answer. And I'll, and I'll drop it over to you guys and see what you guys think. Well, how about you, Lee? What, I, was, uh, what was your I, favorite? I, 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 I'd say it was hard, you know, I thought, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated was the Cadillac, right? And then all the other after mags inside wrestling and the wrestler were the, uh, were the, were the, uh, that had to read for sure. But I tell you when the, when, when you saw Wrestling World and a couple of these other, other magazines turn into more of a, give you the real backstage type stuff, that's kind of, I, I started leaning in that direction to get an understanding of who was leaving what territory, why they were leaving the real story, not the, uh, not the kayfabe story on TV, um, that kind of stuff. So that really intrigued me. So I was really into that stuff. But it's really hard to argue. All, all things Pro Wrestling Illustrated um, uh, were, were, were I, I, I tended to read every month. Yeah, I, got, I started getting WWF Magazine at the exact same time that I started getting uh, PWI. And I also got uh, Inside Wrestling and, and The Wrestler, uh, have several issues to those, but the WWF magazine and PWI were the two big ones. And they even got Pro Wrestling Illustrated Weekly for about a year and a half, where you'd get a, a little uh, fold-out uh, uh, thing in the mail that was uh, a little bit more current than uh, than the other stuff. And and I'd say the WWF magazine is kind of like the WWF product. It was just so much more slick and all color. Uh, and then uh, for the for the juice of, of the whole wrestling world, I'd, I'd give the edge to PWI, and I'm, I'm kicking myself because I got rid of uh, the bulk of my WWF magazines uh, at some point, probably uh, when I moved out of my folks' house. So I wish I still had those, too. I, I do have all my PWIs, but unfortunately I don't have most of my uh, WWF magazines. And, and my first one of those was also uh, – Roddy on the cover. Uh, it was like a purplish or maroon color uh, cover with Roddy uh, on the cover of, I think it was, a, they always did like one every two months So back in the day. So it was like November, December, or December, January, something like that. Roddy, Roddy Piper on the, the cover of WWF magazine. So definitely the, the better presentation as far as the, the slick, full color, uh, great looking magazine. Uh, but I liked the ratings, and I liked all the, the extra stuff oh, yeah. I couldn't see on TV, the PWI supply. Arena Arena Report was always one of my favorites. How about you, Lee? Yeah, actually, I loved uh, the point on the ratings, right? You got to see all the different territories and all the various names. I, so for me, and go back and you can do your own research and take a look at it, it was always amazing to me that pre-84, 85, Dusty Rhodes – was a top contender for almost every major territory belt. 
and his name was listed in the top ten for that particular territory. Uh, and it always amazed me um, that that he had traveled all the world and, and was was that guy that everyone knew who Dusty Rose was. AWA, WWF, NWA. You could be down in mid south with with Watts. You could be over in Japan. Everyone knew who Dusty Rhodes was, and he was a top contender for everything. Absolutely. It was kind of like Andre. They would. Uh, it was like Andre where he got loaned out. He could come up to New York or go down to Florida or go to yep. uh, Mid-Atlantic and, and basically be known and be a, a draw everywhere he went. And, and that's a question I'd have for both of you. Like, There's two guys in my head who I think if, uh, if somehow Hulk – hadn't made the jump from AWA to WWF if, if Vern had had the vision and instead of going with his classic uh, boarding wrestler, shoot-type wrestler, if he'd uh, went ahead and put the strap on Hulk, who are the two guys or two guys you guys think that Vince could have gone with uh, in place of Hulk to try and, and strap the rocket ship to and, 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 and launch WWF back at around 84? I'll let you go first, Lee. Oh, boy, that's loaded. Uh, you could argue Dusty if he wasn't already uh, so deep in with Florida and what he was going to end up doing with Crockett. You could argue that. Um, I would argue a young enough – well, you, you, wanted a, you wanted a baby face, right? So that, that's the hard part because I was going to go with Brody. Brody was young and strong and big, and, but he wasn't, the, he wasn't the good guy that Vince was looking for. So I'm trying to figure out who I would – who I would lean into that. Magnum TA was a little too young, not quite ready for that, uh, that conversation. Um, yeah, I, I, that's a tough one, especially on to have a good guy. I got mine. I got mine. Really I got, one. Tommy, go, go. Yeah, I got mine. So if you take Hawk out of the equation and you just, you just think about the current scene in the WWF at that time and, and, and looking at that roster and who could you, if you had to, cherry pick someone from that roster to, to put him in that spot to catapult you into the, you know, to the prime time, you know, if, if, you, if you can only work off with what you have, you know, I would, I would probably say Jimmy Superfly Snooker because at the time before the launch of the rock and wrestling and all that stuff, he was pretty much, yeah. you know, at the top of the most popular guys in the company at that time. So, I mean, would it have worked? I don't know, but uh, with, with who they had and who they had to work with, I think that he, that they had that were working for the company at that time, I think that he might have been uh, one of the better choices for them. Yeah, Jimmy and uh, Sergeant Slaughter were both rivaling Hulk for popularity around that time. And uh, uh, there's a great article that Sergeant Slaughter had on Twitter recently that really went in depth with him signing on with uh, with Hasbro uh, and GI Joe and Vince, you know, not wanting to let him do that. So him parting ways with Vince. But the guy I'll throw out there, if he was stepping out and, and raiding all the territories, the guy that I'll throw out there would be uh, that it has the look uh, and not nobody has a charisma of Hulk, um, but the guy with the look I would throw out there along with Dusty having the charisma would be uh, Kerry Von Erich, I think could have been a, another guy that he could have potentially yep. strapped, you know, strapped the rocket on and, and launched WWF with and uh, both Kerry and Jimmy uh, Snuka, uh, both of those guys definitely not as good on the microphone, but uh, both of them fired up the crowd for damn sure. And then uh, Brody and Kerry both, I think, have the uh, dependent, dependent dependability issues where uh, uh, Brody.
Cody didn't always get along with all the promoters, but you know that he was definitely a huge star too. I would have it would have been fun people talk about him being there in '86 instead of Bundy, but I, I have a sentimental uh, attachment to Bundy and Hogan in that cage match, so that, that's a tough one to to call also. But great uh, answers absolutely. from both of you. Yeah, you too, man. Yeah, actually, and Brian, it's, it's, I'm sorry, Gedley. Real, real, real quick. So, if you had a chance to read any of T- Tim Hornbaker's book, one he's the best, one of the best uh, researchers out there. He had a, if, I, if, if I'm remembering correctly, he Vince was actually eyeballing the Von Erich boys, and in fact, he had a bunch of world class uh, matches on All American Wrestling that he would cycle on because he was really interested in having a Von Erich or two be a part of his show. So that's a good call out for Kerry because I think that that's absolutely the direction he was probably going in back then. That's a great call out. Yeah, yeah I think so. Those, I think so too. You know, yeah, and uh, and Jimmy uh, Jimmy Snuka for sure. Also, I just I'm always sad that uh, that he got uh, you know just a corner man in WrestleMania the first one and. And then when I saw him on AWA, it was just so lackluster. So I missed the heyday of uh, of the work that he did when he was so hot in WWF. But uh, the other huge signing for me, also, when when uh, Vince raided the territories, but possibly the the biggest one was uh, Roddy Piper because boy, he he put asses in seat at WrestleMania too. I think as many people bought tickets or first WrestleMania because I think many people bought tickets to see Roddy get uh, beat up as as to watch Mr. T and Hulk and and uh, everything else that was going on. Absolutely, man. And, and, uh, and again, so the, addition by subtraction. Yeah, yeah. Well, as or, always, man, we they take, you know, he hurts the competition. And yep, go ahead. Sorry. No, man. I'm just saying I appreciate you calling in every week, and we uh, we always enjoy listening, hearing your opinion. Yeah, I'll let you get going, and uh, thanks again for uh, the episode on Connor's Cure and, and all the luck in the world to you, and, and I will talk to you again soon. And, uh, all right, man. Take care. All right, take care. You too. Bye-bye. And that's going to have it for this edition of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. This weekend, we are going to be having Hala Hala player Teddy Long will be at the Wrestling Collector this Sunday. The Wrestling Collector in Stockholm, New Jersey on Route 23, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Anyone who wants to come out and meet WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, if you live in the New Jersey area. If not, you can uh, get an autographed picture of him the next night because he will be our next guest on Monday Night Virtual this coming Monday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on our Facebook page, and we'll have that link on the main page of our 80swrestlingcon.com website in the upcoming days. And again, uh, May 7th, 80s Wrestling Con Live, the Menon Sports Arena, Morristown, New Jersey. Tons of more information coming up in the upcoming weeks here on the podcast about this very special event. If you don't live in the New Jersey area or can't make it to New Jersey for the event, you can help us support Connor's Cure by donating from the link in our Instagram and Twitter bios. Once again, our Instagram and Twitter bios for 80s Wrestling. And until next week, we will catch you right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.